So anyway, um, uh, this is history, 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 all the way down from Genesis. It's just tracks, history, history, history. Uh, let me back up here. But anyway, notice, see those Psalms, I mean, the, the, those, those prophets. Take Isaiah just for a moment. Let's click on one. Look at this. Oh, well, we clicked on it. Let's roll. I'll give it a second. There we go. Chapter 1. Notice what it says. Come on. These are the messages that came to Isaiah, son of Amos, in the visions he saw during the reigns of... Oh, I left out First and Second Kings. During the reigns. So now you've got where you put Isaiah. Most new Christians that go to churches that don't hear anything but little poems and sermons and wild stories and whatever, and, and they never get any history of the Scriptures. And that's a bad way to grow up. You know, well, we had a great service, man. Wore out. We sang 45 minutes, had 35-minute offering. We had, oh, gosh. Yeah, but it was real good. Oh, really? See, I mean, they can be good things, but let me tell you something. Most people, all they get out of Isaiah was, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And they have no idea where that came from. And it does matter. Or they'll know, yeah, Isaiah 53, he bore my sicknesses and carried away my diseases. Well, yeah. But go find out where that was. It's not just foundational talking about Jesus on the cross. These were messages to these kings right here because uh, these guys here, the, well, the kingdom was going downhill. What were they doing? They were running from the Lord. Okay, anyway, but all these prophets are listed that way. Uh, if you come down here, look, look at Jeremiah. Jeremiah is kind of cool. Look, at, look what he says right here. These are the messages to Jeremiah, the priest. Oh, he was a priest. I thought he was a prophet. He's a prophet too. Guess what? Abraham was a prophet. Ha! No, he's a prophet because the Lord said, you know, uh, Abraham will pray for you. It was Abimelech. His, Abimelech was mad at Abraham. He took Abraham's wife, Sarah, and then whatever. And Abimelech found out because he took Abraham's wife, all of a sudden now he can't have kids. His, his harem full of women, they can't have kids no more. And Abimelech's in trouble. And the Lord says, get Abraham to pray for you for he is a prophet. Prophet? Yeah, but he's also the father of the nation of Israel, we see. Just a regular person that trickled down from Adam. And you could say trickled down from Noah because there was a flood wiped that by out. Okay, anyway. Notice this one, Jeremiah chapter 1. Jeremiah the priest, the son of Hilkiah, who lived in the town of this. The first message came to him during, look at this. Here's your time, here's your time during the reign of Ammon's son, Josiah. Josiah was a pretty good king. Pretty good king. But Israel was having a tough time. They were going to continue to worship idols, and so that's why all that stuff in Jeremiah, fantastic stuff in Jeremiah. Lamentations, what are they crying about? They lost their kingdom. <laughs> they lost it all. Nebuchadnezzar took it over. That's the reason Daniel is there during the reign of whatever all this stuff. But anyway, that's what's taking place. Now, let's go back to Leviticus here. I mean, excuse me, number. That's where we left off last week. Numbers chapter 1. Uh, remember, I want to point this out. Watch this. Uh... It was on the 15th day of April, second year after the Israelis left Egypt. They're still at Mount Sinai. See, we, you've got, if you keep it all together, you got it. It's easy. Okay, they're still at Mount Sinai. Moses has come down now with a second book uh, or a second tablets of stone, you know, whatever. Not going to break these. Notice they're still, they were, he was in the tabernacle at the camp of Israel at Mount Sinai. Notice it says, take a census of all the men 20 years old who are able to go to war. What's going on? Nah, come on. We've sliced this thing up. And we're already working ourselves on every week. Every week. Where are we going? Moses got them out. Oh, the Lord did. But Moses has led the people. They're away from Egypt. Where are they going? 
We know the promised land, right? It's only 11 days away. What are they going to do in the promised land? Wipe everybody out. So that's why that census was made. We are prepared to go to war. Okay. All right. So here's where we go. Now we've already covered the uh, uh, notice. I want to recap here just a second. Uh, the Levites, remember, they're not going to fight. They're not going to need to because literally they are fighting. We already know they're fighters anyway. But it's not because I wear the cloth and I have a problem killing. Oh, you kid! They do not either. Man, Aaron's sons, boy, they, boy, oh. man, when they were worshiping that cow. Remember, I told you this last year, last week. You know, Aaron's son of Benedict or whatever his name was, boy, he went in there and he he wiped a bunch of them out by himself. Okay, the Levites' tents shall be clustered around the tabernacle as a wall between the people of Israel. And look at that. And God's wrath. Wow. Remember, the soul that sinneth must die. In the day you eat of it, you'll die, the Lord said. They were banished from the garden. But see, if we don't keep all this together, we'll go, God, God's just... And we think Jesus is all forgiving. And over here we got, oh, I promise. This is Jesus right here. Jesus was... Remember when John the Baptist saw Jesus? Behold, the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. Uh, John the Baptist already knew it. Jesus knew it too. That's the reason when the woman caught in adultery, they said, well, Jesus, the law says stoner. What do you say? And Jesus said, well, whoever's got, who's, 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 who has never sinned before, let him throw the first stone. And remember, Jesus is God in the flesh. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. On the Mount of Transfiguration, all of a sudden, Jesus starts glowing. He's glowing. Not just his clothes, he is glowing. And Moses shows up and Elisha shows up. Wow. So the time frame between beginning to end is the same. All these miracles we see here are ours. So anyway, you and I are free, look at this, from, to protect from his fierce anger against their sins. Wow. My goodness. Okay. Now, second chapter, we've already covered this. This is where the census was. and Oh, the camping directions. You camp on this side, camp on this side, camp on that side. Okay. Now, I want to get all the way. We, we covered four last week. Chapter four, they were talking about packing it all up because we're going to the promised land. So this guy picks up this and this guy picks up this. Only the Levites. Okay. And they had to do it in a particular way. Remember that special verse down here that it said, boy, keep these guys from doing so that they won't kill themselves. Oh, where was it at? Yeah, right there. Oh, uh, but they must not touch the holy items uh, lest they die. Let's see, where's, where's that part at? Uh, yeah, right there. Look at that. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, don't let the families of Kohath destroy themselves. Wow. I mean, when God's holy, he's talking about Adam's sin. That's what he's talking about, okay? Adam's, you bear the sin of Adam. I mean, in Leviticus, you'll see this. Go back and Leviticus. It's not forever. We're going to cover one in the fifth chapter here. Some little, what kind of rule is this? And you'll see it, okay? Every time a woman had her menstrual period, guess what? Had to go to the temple. Offer sacrifice. Yeah. You shake your head and you go, no, you think that through yourself. Listen, God's holy. He created you perfect and holy and whatever. Yeah, but this is a natural thing. But, Think Adam. You bear the image of Adam like 1 Corinthians says. And now we bear the image of the second Adam, Jesus. That's the reason we can go right into the king, right into the throne room now. But right now, we look like Adam. What does Adam look like? I was hiding. You know, something happened to Adam. Okay, but anyway, so don't let them destroy themselves. So that's the purpose of this. Okay, now, let's go to the fifth chapter. Uh, what happened here? Yeah, look at this. Uh, 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 yeah, this is where I want to start. Okay. 
These further instructions, now remember they haven't, they haven't gone to the promised land yet, they're fixing to. Remember, in, in just let's see, in chapter 7, I think it is, we're going. We are gone. The first group takes off, the second group takes off, the third group takes off. Here comes the ark and it says the tent's already set up by the time the ark gets there. They walk in there. So here we go. These further instructions from the Lord inform all the people of Israel that they must expel all lepers from the camp. What? See, do you see holiness here? You've got to get the lepers out. Well, where do they go? Just take up the rear. God loves the lepers. You got to understand. Well, let's keep reading. He'll actually tell us. It's because he says, I am living among you. Okay? Now, you tell me a story of a leper in Jesus. This boy is such a contrast here. There was a leper that came to Jesus, and what did he ask Jesus? Anybody remember? Help me out. What did the leper ask Jesus when he came? He fell down at his feet. Matthew chapter 8. He fell down at his feet, and he said, Lord, if you're willing, you can heal me. What did Jesus say? Can you help me out there? What did he say? He said, I am willing. And guess what Jesus did? He touched him. Right here. Don't. Boy, I think Jesus knew what he was fixing to do. When he did that, he was only three years, somewhere in the three years away from redemption. Wow. Anyway, all those who have open sores, been defiled, look, by touching. Well, there goes the funeral service, people. This applies to men and women alike. Remove them so that they will not defile the camp where I live among you. Remember now, what's the reason? God's just a jerk. Is what? No, he's holy. He's going to live among you. And he's actually going to live among people who have Satan's image on them. That's the problem, okay? We've got the image of the devil because death didn't come from God. Okay. These are the instructions. No, these instructions were put into effect. Now, fifth chapter. Now, you women folk, listen, watch this as though you've never seen this, okay? Don't worry about this. All right, because it's going to get into little women's stuff here, but don't worry about it. There's a reason for it. Then the Lord said to Moses, tell the people of Israel that when any man or woman betrays the trust, no, betrays the Lord by betraying the trust, that means stealing something. You'll see this. Watch this. It's a sin. He must confess his sin, make full repayment for what he has stolen. Okay. Add 20% to it. Return it to the person he took it from. But if the person is wronged, is dead. Now see, look how this is logical. Well, you're going to pay it somewhere. Well, yeah, but the guy's dead now. It don't matter. We're going to give it to the priest. Because you're not, you're not supposed to go around stealing stuff. There's no relative that payment can be made to. It's got to be given to the priest along with the lamb. Look at that for atonement. The people of Israel bring a gift. When the people of Israel bring a gift to the Lord, it'll go to the priest. And the Lord said to Moses, tell the people that if a man's wife commits adultery. Now, now women folk, now men folk too. Don't look at this as, oh God, that's that old women stuff. Oh man, how does. Now it works for the men too. You know, if a wife thinks that her husband's messing around on her, trust me, this goes in effect too. I mean, the Lord takes care of all of it. Watch this. Because this was not Mickey Mouse stuff. This was kind of scary stuff. So let's just assume that this woman did do this. Or let's just assume both cases she didn't. Okay? But he says there's no proof. There's no witness. And he's jealous and suspicious. So he, can, he says he'll bring his wife to the priest and offer for her a tenth bushel of barley meal without oil and frankincense mingle, mingle with it. For it's a suspicion offering to bring out the truth. Well, this is just that old sorry priest. He's on the side of the husband. No, there was no sorry, nothing. This was before the Lord. This was so serious. Remember, Moses wasn't like, you know, I think this is a great idea. I think this is a great idea. No, the Lord told Moses. The Lord told Moses. The Lord told Moses. Okay. 
Here ends also what we do in Alabama. You swear to tell the truth and nothing but the truth, so help you God. That's exactly what this is. That's all it is. There's no proof. He's jealous and suspicion. Okay, so this is going to be a suspicion offering to bring out the truth. The priest shall bring her before, look at that, before the fake. No, she's going for the Lord. Hey, now, woman that's not guilty, don't worry, you're fine. You're fine. Take holy water in the clay jar mix it with dust from the floor of the tabernacle. Well, that's nasty. No, wait a minute. <laughs> Take your shoes off. This is holy ground. Remember, you've got to go back to the tabernacle. This place is holy. All right. Mix it with the dust from the floor. He'll unbind her hair. Place the suspicion offering in her hands to determine whether or not her husband's suspicions are justified. Now, this doesn't take but a second, but let's read through it because this is part of it. Most people think this is what the whole story is about. All these crazy, all these things that we think are like little, they're just tiny. And we throw out understanding what this is because of a little story here. We think, oh my gosh. So like I said, it's the reason I mentioned about the women. Well, you've got to go ahead, take your offering to the Lord. Two turtle doves once a month. And if you get off cycle a little bit, you might have to go twice a month. You know, what's wrong with me? You know, reason. Okay. None of this required anymore. But anyway, notice this. So, uh, let's see. He'll require her to swear that she's innocent and that she shall say to her, if no man has slept with you except your husband, be free from the effects of this bitter water that causes the curse. But if you've committed adultery, then Jehovah shall make you a curse among your people, and he'll make your thigh rot away and your body swell. Well, that's going to be definitive. It's not like, well, we'll just see if you fall off a ladder. No. Thigh is going to swell. You know, it's going to be some bad stuff. Anyway, the Lord will make you a curse among the people, and he'll make your right thigh th rot away and your body swell. The woman shall be required to say, I swear to tell the truth, nothing but the whole truth, you know. Let it be so. So she stands there and says, let it be so. Then the priest shall write these curses in a book, wash them off into the bitter water, then require the woman to drink the water. If it becomes bitter within her, she's guilty. Then the priest shall take the suspicion offering from the woman, wave it before the Lord, and carry it to the altar. He shall take a handful representing all of it and burn the handful upon the altar and require the woman to drink the water. Now, what, what's all this about? Well, let me tell you something. Adultery is not a fun thing. You know what I mean? This was taking care of something. It was not to scare the daylights out of people. I mean, uh, let's see, the Ten Commandments. Number one, thou shalt... No, number one is what? Remember the Sabbath. Okay, got it, yeah. Number two, hmm, thou shalt have no other gods. Hmm, hmm. Oh, about the fourth or fifth one is adultery, isn't it? You know, I mean, if you love knowing that your girlfriend or boyfriend's running around on you, well, fine, okay? I think we all know that there's some difficulties here. Okay, so anyway, watch this. If she's defiled, having committed adultery against her husband, the water will become bitter within her. Her body will swell, her thigh will rot, and she'll be accursed. Now, watch how indicting this is. All this Mickey Mouse stuff in the tabernacle, it's Mickey Mouse. Well, if it's so Mickey Mouse, guess what happens if she's not guilty? I'll go ahead and get to it. The, law, the Bible says she's going to have a child. Well, now you've just, oh, no, don't say that. Don't say that because we're just making this stuff up. Mm-mm, buddy. She's going to have a child. Wow. But if she's pure and not committed adultery, she'll be unharmed and will soon become pregnant. This is the law concerning a wayward wife. Okay, wow. Most of the time, I'm sure folks just didn't bring them up there. <laughs> but if they wanted to, they could. All right. To determine whether she's been unfaithful to him, she shall bring her before the Lord, the priest, and handle the situation outlined above. The husband shall not be brought to trial for causing her horrible disease if she's guilty. Okay, now, here we go. Let's talk about going to hell here. <clears throat> Sixth chapter, Romans chapter 6. Drink it. You're going to hell, buddy. I'll go ahead and tell you, this is, this is going to be so fun. You ever had a raisin, Bob? You're going to hell, too. You ever had anybody die next to you? Have you even 
been to a funeral, you're going to hell. So let's mark it out like that. And so see our foolishness here. Watch this. The Lord gave Moses further instructions to the people of Israel. Now remember, we're going to the promised land. These are not timeouts and let's stall and whatever. These are important things to understand. When a man or a woman takes a special vow of Nazarite. Now let's get this right. It's a special vow of Nazarite. Now why you would do that, you're promising to the Lord, I will either not eat or I will not do something because what? Just for fun? Well, you can do it for the Lord just to honor Him, but it's usually for a reason. There was a guy, what do we call him? Uh, Jephthah. Whew. The book of three or four books after this. No, actually, yeah, three or four books. The book of Judges. Terrible story. Jephthah. And remember, if you, when you read the book of Judges, everybody was doing what they thought was right. They, did, they, they were running from Jesus, the law. They were running from Moses. Were, they all scattered. They're being annihilated. Only a few left. Jephthah, the Lord calls him and says, Look, I want you to go take care. I mean, but Jephthah, because he has no knowledge that the Lord will give him victory all the time, guess what he does? He says this Lord, if you'll give me victory, I'll sacrifice the first person that comes out of my house when I get home. Oh, my goodness. God never required that. But Jephthah, remember, he made a vow. His vow was, Lord, if you help me, I will sacrifice this. That's all this is about here. Well, you know the story. Jephthah won the battle, and when he comes back out, his little daughter comes running out. Well, actually, he's a teenager. The Jewish calendar is marked with that. It's a special date where that woman, his daughter, they had a special time of mourning. Didn't have to do this. Matter of fact, the book of Leviticus says if a man makes a vow and he can't keep it, he said he can be forgiven. But if you're not reading the Bible, you'll think, oh, keep me forgiven, oh gosh. If you make a vow, you don't have to keep it. Sounds to me like wedding vows are vows. Yeah, and guess what? If you don't keep it, there's forgiveness. We just, one day we think we're with Jesus, and then we think one day we're not because we've done something. Forget it. That's ridiculous. Okay, the Lord gave further instruction. Now, here we go. A special vow of Nazarite. wonder what that is. Consecrating himself to the Lord in a special way. He must not thereafter, during the entire period of his consecration to the Lord, taste strong drink or wine. Ooh, that's right. I'm building my church on this. We're a Baptist. We don't drink. We don't recognize each other at the ABC store. Baptists are full of, and they make fun of the Methodists, because the Methodists pull their bottle out and say, <laughs> you Baptists, what are we fussing for? Gee whiz, you know the table of the Lord, to take the cup, that was wine. Jesus turned the water into wine. Let's just get the facts here. He must not, during that entire period of his special consecration, notice this, during this entire period, you mean there's an end and a, st a start and a beginning? Yes, yes, it's not. Oh, his whole life? Nah. Look at this, so let's figure out what you're going to go to hell over. All right, drinking. Woo, wine. Oh, my goodness. I beg your pardon? Am I going to hell, preacher? Yeah, you're going to hell. If we're going to keep the story right, you're going to hell over grape juice. And guess what? You're going to hell over grapes, too. What else? Ah, oh, raisins. Those little bitty packs. Yeah, you're going to hell. He may eat nothing that comes from the grape, not even seeds or skins. Well, guess what? If you got a haircut, you're going to hell, too. Look at that. I mean, you might as well if you're going to sit here and say, well, strong drink. Do you know what's so funny? All these offerings, every one of these offerings you bring before the Lord, a cup of flour, a cup of this, and a cup of this and whatever, and your drink offering. Oh, wait. <laughs> wrong, wrong, wrong church. No, it's the right church. There was a drink offering that was waved before the Lord, and it was a strong drink, too. All right. <clears throat> 
Throughout that time, he must never cut his hair. For he, look at this, he's holy and consecrated to the Lord. That's the reason he must let his hair grow. Now watch this. He may never go near any dead body. So now you're going to hell if you go to a funeral. See how funny this is? It's ridiculous. Okay. You get back to what he's talking about here. You're consecrating yourself, being holy, for a reason. During the entire period of his vow, even if the body of his father, mother, brother, sister, what? Now you see the depth of being holy in this for a period. Notice this. He's consecrated the Lord throughout the entire period. Didn't say life. If he's defiled by having someone fall dead beside him, what luck? This is rotten luck. Yeah, he's got to start all over again. Why didn't they teach us this in Sunday school? Well, because they were afraid little Johnny's going to pop up a, 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 a Pap's blue ribbon and go out and get drunk. I think mama and daddy could have handled that. I think little so-and-so would have figured out like I did. I wanted to throw up first time I had a beer, you know. I couldn't take it. <laughs> and I also knew people were getting in trouble, whatever. There's a way to figure these things out without thinking, well, man, I popped open a can. I'm... <laughs> I might as well not go to church anymore. No, you might as well bring it to church is what you really ought to do. I'm, I'm that serious. Okay. Now you got somebody fall dead beside you. Seven days later, he'll shave his defiled head and will be cleansed from the contamination. Look at this. For being in the presence of death. Now that means something. Oh, wow. God didn't design you to die. That's the reason that's important. The next day, the eighth day, he must bring two turtle doves, two young pigeons, and a partridge and a pear tree. You know what I'm saying? And the priest, to the priest at the tabernacle, the priest shall offer one of the birds for a sin offering. What did he do wrong? You bear the image of Adam. Die, a guy falls next to you. One day we're all going to pass away. I guess everybody's, we all sinned then because one of us died, you know, whatever. And, Whoever's still living, we've committed a sin. No, there's always a sin offering. That's the reason I said there's a morning and an evening sin offering. Another burnt offering and make atonement for his, there it is, defilement, defilement. Wow. He must renew his vow that day, let his hair begin to grow. Samson, remember the story? She cut his hair, but all of a sudden it started growing again. And remember what his vow was? He was blind. Lord, you remember what he said? Samson, he's blind. And he's pushing, no, he's, he's hands on those pillows. Philistines are rejoicing over him. He had a little kid telling him, hey, put, place my hands on these pillows. And his prayer, his vow was, his hair's growing back. He said, Lord, just renew my strength and cause me to avenge myself because of my eyes. Oh, hateful. Where's your forgiveness? Hateful. These Philistines are throwing their kids to the fire. They're doing horrible, wicked things. And so what happened? His strength came back and buddy, he destroyed more people in his death than he did in his life. And how many did he take care of with that jawbone of an ass? Boy, he whipped them up with that thing. Man, wow. Tore a lion in two. Ripped off city gates and said, hey, if you're looking for city gates, they're up on top of that hill. See them? Don't they look good up there? Man, wow. Okay. During his vow, notice this. That were, let's see, where we get to? Yeah. And he must renew his vow. The days his vow were fulfilled before his defilement no longer count. <laughs> he got to start over again. He must begin all over with a new vow and must bring a lamb, a male lamb for a guilt offering. <laughs> what my fault? The guy just keeled over. It's not about your fault. It's about holiness here. At the conclusion, watch this, of his period of his vow of separation to the Lord, he must go into the entrance of the tabernacle, offer a burnt sacrifice, a year lamb without defect. Notice at the end of his vow. Oh, his whole life. No, this was a special period. 
He must offer a sin offering. <laughs> What'd that do? A yearly lamb without defect, peace offering without defect, a basket of bread without yeast, pancakes, fine flour, unleavened bread with oil, and accompanying grain. And there it is. Well, I thought we weren't supposed to be touching no grapes or raisins. Well, he's bringing it into the tabernacle. Yeah. The priest shall. Oh, let's see what he said to him. Watch this. This is, a, you know, you're never going to forget what this is in a moment because I'm going to give you a punchline here on the end of this. That's a verse that you've heard all your life. You'll go, I did not know that was right there. And you'll always remember this. Okay, here we go. The Nazarite shall shave his long hair, the sign of his vow of separation. This shall be done at the entrance of the tabernacle. And his hair shall be what? They take his hair and they make wigs out of it and they give it to the homeless? No, but you know, just a point, you understand. They took his hair and they did what? They put it in the fire under the peace offering sacrifice. I mean, this was real serious business. Now, guess who was in that tabernacle? Remember, the Lord was in that tabernacle. All right, here we go. Watch it wrap up here. The priest is going to, uh, okay, he takes, the, he takes the roasted shoulder of the lamb, one of the pancakes, one of the wafers. Wow, his hands are getting full. Puts them all into the man's hands. Put, just look like he's standing behind me. Okay, because that's what he's doing, like a little child. The priest is doing, I'm standing, I, I just, I've got a haircut now. The hair's in there, pancakes there, all the stuff. What does he say do? The priest shall wave it back and forth. I'm standing in there before the Lord. It's not like, wow, well, I can't wait till church is over with. This means something. He knows he's standing before the Lord. Just behind that veil over there, nobody goes in there. Ooh. It's all part, uh, in the Lord of the gesture offer, it's all part of the holy portion for the priest as the rib piece, the shoulder, will wave before the Lord. After that, can you see it? Look at that. Go open your bottle of Jim Beam. Look at that. After that, let's hear it. After that, after that, the Nazarite may drink wine for he's free from his vow. But not only that, he can go to his mother's funeral. Somebody dies next to him. He's okay. Except for the book of Leviticus says he's going to be unclean until the next afternoon. Because I'm telling you, the presence of death is, you know, it should remind us all. The soul that sinneth dies, you know. If you don't believe that I am He, Jesus said, you're going to die in your sins. Death is serious. It's not part of life. That's the reason we grieve and we, and we cry when somebody dies. These are the regulations concerning a Nazarite and his sacrifices at the conclusion of his period of special dedication. In addition to these sacrifices, he must bring any further offering he promised at the time he took his vow. Now, we're not going to have time because I spent some time talking about some other stuff, so let's stop right here. Watch this. Very important. Now, Now remember, they're fixing to go to the promised land. We've just had the tabernacle built. He talked a little bit about adultery, what we could do here. We also talked about this special, if somebody wants to offer himself to the Lord, especially Nazareth. The Lord said to Moses, and everybody in this room has heard this like the Lord's Prayer, tell Aaron and his sons they are to give this special blessing to the people of Israel. Well, what if they don't give it? Well, read the rest of this book, your Bible, and you'll see what happened. Boom! Downhill. Thank God that's not us. I use this in my daily prayers. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. Be grace in thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. That's King James Version, but look what it says. May the Lord bless you, bless and protect you. I'm so tired of Christians telling me that you never know what's going to happen. And we're out there just blindly thinking we're going to get shot. We're going to have a car wreck. We're going to have this. We're going to get sick. All this... Ugh. May the Lord's face radiate with joy because of you. Do you know the Lord? Uh, he's tickled with Aaron and Bob and Laura and Mel and the rest of us, you know. Patrick and Dustin and me. 
May He be gracious to you, show you His favor, give you His peace. Now watch this. Let's stop right here. This is how Aaron and his sons... Now remember, these guys are priests. Do we have a priest today? Yes, Jesus, after the order of Melchizedek, unending forever. This is how, we'll say, Jesus shall call down my blessings upon you. Call them down? Man, I want some of that. Wow. Look at that. And I myself will personally bless them. Praise the Lord. I remember as a child, I was only eight or nine or whatever, and I'm fidgeting in church, and I want to get out of church. I'm ready to go home and play with my toys and stuff, but I enjoy sitting next to my parents. The bulletin was always there. My dad would draw a picture of a fish, and he'd give me his pencil, his engineer pencil, pen, and I would make that fish. I remember I had fish all over the bulletin, but I remember the pastor, when he was done, he stood up in front. He would come down. He, got, he, said, he said, he would lift his hands like this and may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious to me. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. And then he would turn and the organ would play. Everybody stood up, whatever, and then out we would go. Praise the Lord. Wow. This is how Aaron and his sons shall call down my blessings. Ah, it's fake. No, it's not fake. It's about as fake as this world is. And this world's not fake. Praise the Lord. Father, we just thank you for your word today. Hallelujah. You're our Savior. Lord, if we're having any difficulty with sickness, praise the Lord, you'll take care of that. Hallelujah. And if we're hurting financially, well, you'll take care of that. And if we're hurting in some other areas not even mentioned here, praise the Lord, you are so great, you'll take care of that. And that doesn't leave anything left but for us to tell others how you're doing the same things in our life as we see in the Bible. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Good. We write it, write it 15 seconds from... 30 minutes, I knew it.